0: What up, Instagram Lance? We back in the motherfucking building for another episode. As y'all can tell, that follow me, that listen to me on the regular, shit has slowed down. I'm getting back to the norm, right? Picking up steam and uh, trying to give y'all that real shit. Um, This episode, we're going to talk about toxic people in a relationship, right? Or it might just morph into toxic people in general, how to fucking stay away from them, how to uh, recognize toxic traits, um, how to know if you toxic, right? A lot of motherfuckers be calling other people toxic when they're the toxic person, right? Um, because they be in a state of delusion, denial, uh, or unaccountability, just fucking assholes, people that need to be smacked in my opinion, But um, and that's men and female, not just women. Even though it, it perplexes me, a lot of women seem to like toxic relationships. from my opinion and talking to a lot of women, mostly black women, but I think this is a woman thing in general, right? Cause they used to make movies back in the eighties and the nineties. Bitch wanted to biker, bad boy and shit that put a bunch of jail in his hair. So it's not delegated to just black people. Um, I can't say Asian motherfuckers, Chinese motherfuckers. For the most part, unless a bitch is married to a triad member, They typically don't like all that drama, unnecessary rigmarole, right? They get with somebody that's conducive to their spirit, their soul, their body, their being, their everything, right? Their economics. It seems to be a constant running theme with us Hispanic, black people, and white people. I've never met any dysfunctional Arabs, but I have reason to believe If a suicide bomber is toxic, his spouse doesn't know it till he blows himself up, right? That was a little bit of uh, cynicism at its finest. But it just seems to be a black, white, and Hispanic thing. I don't even think it's an African thing because I've seen African films. I've met African people. Um... Although I'm not gonna say it's delegated to all people. right? Like There might be some dysfunctional Africans. By and large, um, African women and African men don't seem to like to argue. But in their culture, African niggas don't do no arguing. They do some commanding and slapping. Seeing a nigga beating a bitch with a stick. And one could argue that that's toxic. But that might be the rarity. I don't think they're going around beating women with sticks. So I'm just going to say it's just an American thing doled down to Hispanics, Blacks, and Whites. You know what I'm saying? I've met Caribbean couples. And for the most part, they like peace and tranquility. I mean, Bob Marley had a bunch of fucking kids by different women, white and Jamaican Black women. But I never heard of no drama. Now, I might not be privy to it, and it was the 60s and 70s, so who knows? But... In my experience in America, it seems to be doled down to just those three topics, right? Only, or those three segments uh, of people. I've met Mexican people. A bitch will be dating, you know what I'm saying? Jose, he's a cholo. He's doing eight years in Max prison. Um, Or he's selling weed or coke. He's a gang member and shit, and she's rocking with him. And that's not all Mexicans. You got landscapers and shit. But them niggas, landscapers and fucking... Cooks, niggas be coke heads. So, how functional can your relationship be if you're a drug addict? I'm just gonna put that out there. I've seen these niggas come to work high off of cocaine or drunk off tequila, sleeping in barrels and shit, ducking the uh, supervisor. That can't be real functional to a relationship. You fuck around, get fired or tested dirty, right? You're gonna lose your job, your livelihood. Um, black people, same shit. Niggas doing dysfunctional shit, getting high at work, fighting niggas at the job, cussing the boss out like he he the manager. Once again, that can't be too functional if you got a girlfriend that you live with, a baby mom's or a wife, right? And then white guys, right? They like the ultimate... Uh, I think white people are like the ultimate epitome of dysfunctionality, right? Now, why they make... Above average salaries more than anybody in America, right? Minus the Chinese American, right? white dude will make $114,000 a year after taxes. This nigga will be a cokehead, be slapping his wife, having an affair, right? Getting a hotel room booked under his real name. This bitch can track it down through credit card statements or he has a gambling problem, right? Nigga be in Vegas for three days, don't cough, fucking hookers, smoking meth, and all types of wild, lucidious shit, right? And the white bitch will stay with him. The black woman will be what a dude, she knows pushes narcotics, is in and out of prison, but because he can buy her luxury bins, he will disregard the dysfunctionality of his lifestyle, which translates into a relationship. Because if you get indicted, how functional can your relationship be ultimately, right? But I'm going to do this down to just my people. I think we glossed over every other people. This ain't really um exclusively black podcast, but it's predominantly a black podcast, right? While there are other peoples of other ethnicities, races, backgrounds, and shit that do suffer from the ills of the world, I'm talking to my people. So, if you white, I glossed over you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, not to mention the trailer trash. I forgot to mention white trailer trash, right? Motherfuckers had a drink a six-pack, beat their wife like a drum. Um, she's about 350 pounds because she got self-esteem issues. And... Them motherfuckers thinking they can come up by putting their kid in a fucking beauty pageant, right? While she's six years old wearing a tiara. Um, that's the ultimate, one of the ultimate epitomes of dysfunctionality, right? So now that we crossed over other people that are dysfunctional relationships, we gonna have a chat about black folks, right? I've met black women, I've had sex with black women, I've even dated black women that are accustomed to the dysfunctionality of people, right? namely men but not just men i I got some black homegirls at least i had some that was in lesbian relationships they was beating the shit out their girlfriend going in and out of jail for domestic violence or battery right and they still stayed and i would ask them like why you stay in this relationship and simply put they they love the motherfucker right even to the detriment of their health and well-being my sister has a friend that she grew up with since we were little kids. Bitch got seven kids. Um, used to get beat like a pork chop by a nigga that was trying to pimp her out. Until, she, until he was put in a wheelchair and then she was beating his ass, right? So they was just continuing the cycle of dysfunctionality. Why she didn't leave? She says she loved the dude. That shows an extreme showmanship of dysfunctionality, right? Now, you can get your ass beat like a pork chop, but you still stick around. Even though this nigga's cheating on you, has a drug habit, and doesn't provide adequately. For the women I've dated, not too many, but a handful, was with motherfuckers that beat on them. Call them names and shit. You now I was in a relationship. It, it was a two-way street, right? But I initiated bitch got on my nerves i was 18 i wasn't really uh, mentally fortified for a committed relationship she said something i I didn't like i slapped her i did that probably like two times to the bitch start fighting me back and then we would fuck like animals right so why i stayed i was dysfunctional why she stayed she was accustomed to dysfunctionality Now, all this shit stems from childhood. I'm not gonna front, like, I come from the most stable, functional background on the planet, I don't. My mother was mentally ill. And I'm not gonna get into detail with that. I think I probably glossed over that in previous episodes. But my mom was mentally ill, right? She was manic depressive and she had bipolar. I've seen my mom talk to people that weren't there I've seen my mom walk out the house with rollers in her hair, kicking stop signs. Like seriously, imagine a five foot seven woman, about 130 pounds, jump kicking a stop sign and talking to invisible people. She threw a knife at my chest where I still have the scar on my chest, right? Now I coped with the dysfunctionality and I can honestly say my mom tried to do things that were conducive to fix the problem, right? She went to therapy, she got treatment, she checked herself into mental institutions. I think the earliest memory I have of my mom checking herself into a mental institution, I was six years old in 1989. And my mom was locked up in a mental institution, I wanna say for a couple months. I'm not really sure because it was 30 years ago and yeah, it was 30 years ago. And I was a little kid, so my recollection is not really the clearest. However, I do remember playing a little mini piano. She bought my brother a Casio for Christmas. Why she bought him a little miniature keyboard, I don't know, he was three. Or two, some shit like that, right? And I played the tune on it, right? For the whole time she was, she was in the mental institution. I never really got the real full story on why she was institutionalized or committed to a mental asylum but you know she was i think the explanation i was given by my stepdad she was talking about demons and stuff it scared him so he had her committed as i grew up she would abusively handled me my sister my brother right she body slammed my brother for saying he wanted to be a gang member when he was like seven years old she picked him up over her head and body slammed him on the concrete shit like that makes you mentally psychologically scarred but like i said she did things to actually overcome it she got us therapy to which one of my therapists actually committed suicide. It was a black woman. I really liked the black woman. I forgot her name, but I think I was like 11 or 12 years old. I went to go to my monthly um, therapy session only to find out that the woman had committed suicide, which further mentally scarred me, right? After that, I had an uncle he was like a dad because my dad wasn't around killed himself in 1994 my sister always says 1995 but I remember it being 1994 because certain rap records that came out Bone Thugs and Harmony Snoop Dogg had just dropped Doggy Style the year before that that was actually my uncle's favorite record one day I just got the news that he hung himself not having a father growing up when I was little and then losing a surrogate father that emotionally scarred me right mentally scarred me from then on I was I, I, I literally went on with the, the the mantra of dealing with things by myself self-medicating to which after I graduated high school started smoking weed drinking alcohol like I said before, fighting with the ex-girlfriend. I just had self-medicating mechanisms, right? Drinking alcohol, smoking weed. Randomly just, randomly fucking random chicks. And ignoring situations that were traumatic, right? Like they didn't happen. Now that I'm 37, I handle shit relatively well, right, considering my my background. Most people never really get the treatment as a kid, like I did with therapy sessions, and they just bottle the shit up till they lash out. At 25, I had a friend tell me to slow down and assess situations for what they are and to make the best decision possible, right? not to ignore it, but to confront it. So whenever something now bothers me or seems mentally traumatic, I take a deep breath. I count to 20. I try not to over-talk people. I try not to loud-talk people. I try to talk civilly and tactfully so that we can work out a misunderstanding, Right? And I typically try not to take things that happen in my personal life and project them on other people. So if I'm dating a woman and she's not agreeable, I talk to her as well as I can. If I can't get through or convey what it is that I'm trying to explain to her, I sever the ties. What I don't do is continue to go through a circle of dysfunctionality. When I recognize a woman or person, it doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship, but we're talking about toxic people in relationships. When I encounter a woman that's toxic, I cut her off. I mean, I give her the warning beforehand that what she's doing, I'm perceiving to be toxic. And if it's not nipped in the bud, or we don't talk it out, I cut her off. I have no time for people that are dysfunctional because dysfunctionality will ultimately be a demise, right? I don't hang around people that have dysfunctionality traits or do dysfunctional shit. In the course of growing up, I've had friends that have become addicted to drugs, alcohol, drama best thing for that is to avoid people that have all those dysfunctional components to avoid them like the plague if you know somebody that's a drug addict i don't even advise trying to get them help get yourself help and the first step to getting yourself help uh when dealing with a dysfunctional person is to let them go that could be family friend or significant other you gotta let people crash that's my theory If you have suicidal thoughts and you always talk about killing yourself, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I think I had a cynical episode where I talked about 1-800-Do-The-Lord's-Work, right? If a person is talking about commitment suicide, I'm going to give you the advice to go head on with it, right? Why would you want to not do something that you seem to be hell-bent on? Do what you love. That goes for family, friends, and spouses. If you feel like killing yourself, put the Mossberg in your mouth. But I'm gonna get the fuck away from you because I don't want to be an accessory to a suicide or accessory to murder, right? I do not want to be liable or culpable for causing somebody's early demise. I get the fuck away from you. But, why are there people in relationships, I just seem to think that it's got a lot to do with that life being so uneventful, right? The life is boring, they see celebrities, they see movie stars, they want to live that Hollywood life or lavish lifestyle, and for whatever, whatever reason, they know that their lot in life is mediocre, and so... They perpetua- perpetuate dysfunctionality, they have something to talk about. I have a theory that life is like prison. Why do people keep up shit in prison? We're well, one, the dysfunctional. If you wasn't, you would never be in there for armed robbery, murder, theft, rape, molestation, shit like that, right? All those are dysfunctional actions caused by people with dysfunctional backgrounds. But they do shit to pass the time, right? You're doing 10, 20, 15 years in prison. It's the same in, same same old, same old, same in, same out, right? You wake up, you get dressed, you eat. They fight other inmates they have something to talk about their highlight right everybody I don't care if you're in prison or regular life everybody has highlights of their day right go to a place you pay for you get a coffee they give it to you for free don't even pay for it Um, you get a girl's number you get your dick sucked you meet a dude that takes you out for drinks you book a random trip out of town right Whatever gives you a highlight so that you can talk about, it's an event. When you're lacking eventful things in your life, you do things, or some people do things, to give themselves a highlight, even if they're dysfunctional things. You ever notice a woman to get cheated on, call her friend up, tell her friend how she got cheated on and what she should do, and her friend will tell her to leave and she'll literally say, well, she loved the dude. She has too much emotionally invested in him. They've been together five years, right? They got children together. They want to have something to talk about because ultimately they're dysfunctional and they don't really want the dysfunction to stop. I mean, I have a reason to believe They would like for the dysfunctionality to stop, but they know if it does, there's nothing to talk about. When I was selling weed and pills, or robbing motherfuckers, it wasn't like I was doing it to have something to talk about, right? But the chicks that I was messing with, it was eventful right you had something to talk about and I ain't gonna lie doing crime while I didn't do it for shits and giggles or adrenaline rush for the women that I was with it was like exciting because they went to their mundane jobs and they weren't ever in danger or impending risk of getting killed or going to prison so it was something that excited them When you think about it, they should have left me. Because nothing good could have came from it. And then they would have been left with a sob story about how their ex-boyfriend was killed or indicted and incarcerated in prison. And like I said, if you're doing crime, you got to be doing it from a level of dysfunctionality because functionally there are other things you can do through survival right you don't have to put a gun in nobody's back sell class a narcotics that'll disrupt their family which is also contributing to other people's dysfunctionality right so they should have left me whenever you encounter somebody or a situation that's dysfunctional caused by somebody you should leave Now, chicks that don't leave guys that are dysfunctional, right? He's a thug, he's a criminal, he's a gang banger, he's a drug dealer. The reason they don't leave is because every time a dysfunctional, traumatic experience happens to him, she has a story to tell to somebody else. And people like, a lot of people like gossip. Because like prison, when your life is mundane or boring as fuck, Some people find satisfaction in having something to talk about. Yeah, she could leave them. But then she'd be alone. And alone is synonymous with boredom. And loneliness can cause a person to feel a lack of events or a lack of eventfulness I don't know if that's a word. I'm making it up. Y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. So she stays with him. No matter if he's cheating. And she begs him not to cheat no more. Whenever they fight afterwards. The sex is animalistic. Because either she's fucking him. From hatred. Or disdain of what he's doing. Or he's fucking her. Out of disdain or hatred. For not leaving him. That's dysfunctional. If she's always nagging him and he's telling her he don't like that or she's always accusing him of cheating, but he doesn't leave, that's dysfunctionality, right? Just keeping the cycle of the same old drama, right? people like drama not all people but most people most people like drama because drama um, drama sells drama is exciting to a degree for some people think about it if drama wasn't fucking if people didn't like drama they wouldn't watch drama series they wouldn't watch power they wouldn't watch love uh, soap operas Right? Drama movies wouldn't make millions of dollars at the box office. But it gives them a sense of eventfulness, right? Something that's going on. And me, I personally think that drama should be minimized. Why you can't avoid all drama? Right, there are always gonna be ups and downs in life. The goal is to minimize it, right? But I know why most people don't because, like I said, it gives them something to talk about. But aside from that, man, a tra- drama is like I mean, I think I said this, I'm reiterating it. it's exciting to a degree because peace is actually boring, tranquility is boring. When you're in a state of tranquility you're in a state of peace nothing is happening nothing disruptive is happening and most people I got a reason to believe they don't like the solace and the silence of peace and like I said that life is shit so it gives them something to talk about now me personally now that I'm 37 a few years off from being 40 I don't like drama. I like peace and quiet. I like time to think. I'm a thinker, as well as a talker. But I like peace and quiet because it gives me an opportunity to focus on the shit that I need to focus on. Like with this podcast, when things are quiet, I can obsess things, I can observe situations, I can talk about them. In my personal life, I don't really like to talk a lot. I hardly call people on the phone shit I'm tight with my cousin and we only talk maybe like once or twice a month it's not that I don't like the nigga I'm just focused on getting things done I need quiet I need room I need peace and quiet to do it right when I'm doing a web series I need time to think write shit out plan things tranquility helps that functionality helps that when I paint my painting is therapeutic I paint pictures gives me time to think about what the fuck is going on in my life and what the fuck I need to do next shit if I didn't get peace and tranquility I wouldn't have written two books now working on the third one if I didn't have peace and tranquility and functionality I wouldn't have a web series completed which as I'm speaking I need to complete so I can upload to YouTube my YouTube channel is warrior style films check that out you already know what the fuck my podcast uh, is called so you know you listening to it I invented a card game I do apparel right I have to design apparel if I didn't have peace tranquility and functionality I couldn't actually functionally do these things so drama is defeatist to me I don't like to yell I don't like to argue I don't like to fight physically or verbally now i will kick a motherfucker's ass but that's literally a, the last resort i don't like to resort to that because if you beating people the fuck up that's not really functional but all people that like functional relationships can agree with the shit that I'm saying right now, right? Anyways, guys, this has been my thoughts, ideas, and opinions on toxic relationships on both fronts, right? I'm not going to just give you a one-sided episode. If you're a man that don't like dysfunctionality you are on the right path to getting your mind fucking right. If you're a woman that don't like dysfunctionality, you are on the path that's on the path of tranquility. But if you're one of these dysfunctional, drama-seeking, ignorant, stupid motherfuckers that like to keep up shit because your life ain't shit, my advice to that is to find a fucking hobby. Work out, do some push-ups, learn to crochet, Write poetry, Shit, make music, be a business person, find things that you can occupy your time and you can actually do something productive, functional, and tranquil. But if you hell-bent on being a dysfunctional motherfucker, my advice for everybody is to avoid you like the plague. Anyways, that's just been my thoughts, ideas, and opinions on that. If you like this episode, you want to reach out, that's what's up. I do Instagram Live Sunday at 9 Eastern Standard Time. If you want to join, you can. If you want to reach out to me, like I said, listen to previous episodes, it'll let you know how to do that. And if you want of these motherfuckers that are hell-bent on being dysfunctional, you like toxic relationships, F your mother.